Welcome to VidFriends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. VidFriends is a national vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Mullineau. For more information about VidFriends, you can visit us at www.vidfriends.org. You can also call us at 844-374-3639. Again, that is 844-374-3639. VidFriends podcasts are sponsored by my Vitiligo team. Welcome to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. On today's show, I have Gabe. Welcome, sir. How are you? Ah, good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yes, yes, you're welcome. Um, we're going to have a great conversation here today for our listeners. They may know you, some may not know you, but they're going to get to know you today. Um, so before we dig into our conversation, just introduce yourself uh, and tell us a little bit of maybe where you're from and anything else you want to share, then we'll start our conversation. Ah, uh, that's a good one. Uh, like you said, my name is Gabriel. I I'm from New York City, from the Bronx specifically, and um, what else can I say? I, I don't even know where, where to start on that. <laughs> but that's right. We'll take it right there. Uh, I can say, hey, what's, what's your favorite um, music artist? Oh, that's a tough one, man. Anyway, <laughs> you, you can't. That, <laughs> you can pin it down to one music artist? Well, it, yeah, it's hard. It, there's so many. Esquerra, you know, to Juarez, to... Shakira, if we can go anyway. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, I some of the people on here may listen and know that I'm a big Wu Tang clan fan. Um mm. yeah, when I was in college, you know, they're like, Mark, what are you listening to? Wu Tang. They're like, You listen to Wu Tang? Like, yeah, you know, I like Wu Tang, it's for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but Gabe, okay, is it okay to call you Gabe or Gabriel? Well, of course, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, just want to make sure. Let's go ahead and start this for our listeners. Um this is going to be a vitiligo discussion and there'll be something else we'll discuss towards the end that has impacted the vitiligo community. But let's start off with your journey. Um, can you share with the listeners, I guess, how long you've had vitiligo and what was that? What was it like when you first saw that, that first spot? Okay. I, I can tell you this. I, like, like I mentioned before, I was listening to the podcast before it came on. And one thing I got to say right off the bat, my journey with vitiligo never involved any struggling or suffering or anything like that. If anything, what's been a interesting and rewarding journey awesome. has been um, empathize, empathizing and relating to the people with vitiligo that have actually suffered and struggled with it. I went through a, it took me years to get there, but um, to answer uh, your questions directly, yeah, let, let's start. So for me, it started when I was 15 years old and I had this tiny little spot right under my right eye. And um, it's like, okay. And then eventually it grew to about the size of a nickel right. in the shape of a, in the shape of a teardrop. Wow. And I thought it looked really cool. It didn't bother me. It, it was, I thought it was cool. And it was, and it just stayed that way. Finished high school, you know, went into the military, came back, and um, 
And at one point, I did go to my first doctor because I figured, you know, I knew it was vitiligo. I knew it was something. And I just didn't want it to spread right. at the time. And um, so I said, okay, let me go to the first doctor. I went to the first doctor and and I'll never forget this. And I'm not proud of this. So went to the doc. I sat, sat me on the table and then he tells me, listen, this is vitiligo. It has no cure. I can give you some creams and stuff, but it may not work. The best thing actually, since it, you know, it's not that noticeable, just um, get you some makeup mm. and whatnot. I flipped out. <laughs> I, I basically I cursed the guy out, got off the table and, and stormed out. I'm like, get the heck out of here, man. Makeup. Now, mind you, I was 19, fresh out of you know, basic training army. Right, I'm full right. of myself. I was like, I'm, like, really makeup? No makeup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all you got for me. Like, you're a doctor. Jeez. I don't I don't need to go see a doctor for that. Anyway, so so that happened. Then Fast forward, maybe, and, and then I left it alone. I was like, okay, whatever. There's no cure. Fast forward, maybe another two years. Now I was 21. And um, I went to see this doctor. This was right before I had a trip to the Caribbean. And so I went to see this doctor and he gave me this cream. Um, and he told me, listen, we're going to give you this. I'm going to give you this cream. It may or may not work. It's, you know, there's no cure. I'm, and by that point, I, I knew all of that. But let's right. try it, see what happens. Come back in a month. Okay, so took the cream, went on my trip. In, my trip was 10 days. In less than 10 days, the color came back oh, like wow. magic. It wow. was like, and it wasn't like, you know, you, you know, like with some of the treatments, the color comes back and it's not the same. It was right. Right. It was as if I never had vitiligo ever. It, wow. it was magic. And that's the only way I can describe it. Came back a month later for the follow-up and he told me, okay, fantastic. Great. And, you know, just keep it in mind. He might come back. I'm like, yeah, sure. And let's see what happens. And about three, three or four years later, it, uh, it came back, and that's when it came back, as I call it, came back with a vengeance. Yes. And, yeah. you know, and it came back and started spreading everywhere. Went back to the same doctor, same cream, and we tried the cream. This time it didn't work. And then at that point, you know, he goes, okay, the next level of treatment is phototherapy and this UV lights, and he described it, and I'm listening to him. I'm like... Nah, I think I'm done. No, right, I'm right. good. I'm good. Yeah, you know, it's, if it's going to spread, it's going to spread. And I'm not going to go through the pain of this therapy thing just on a maybe. I'm like, I'm good. And I, and honestly, ever since then, that was it. I, I haven't been interested in treatment since. And, cool. and don't get me wrong. I, I've had my moments because right, you right. do have your moments when it bothers you and, I can get into those, uh, but I cannot say that I've that I've suffered because of it or that it got me down. I've suffered for <laughs> and and struggled with other stuff, right? Not absolutely. with Vitiligo. Yeah, so. I got yeah. you. And, and you know, it, it's funny about treatments. Um, I did the cream, and it didn't do anything for me. You know, it's like I always say, putting on lotion 
and going about my day hoping and you're looking at your skin like is it doing is it working oh looks like i see something and i think it's just the mind playing the trick on you mm-hmm. and later uh probably in my 40s i had a doctor offer hey you know there's new technology there's uh skin graft there's laser and i'm thinking why do i want you to take skin from somewhere else in my body and put it somewhere else to cover my vitiligo spots. And what if that spot you you take the skin off of turns into vitiligo? Like, why am I going to do that? However, I know it is, it has worked for somebody else in the community. I had them on the podcast, but the one thing about vitiligo, it can work temporarily, but when it comes back, it's going to come back and it's going to do its own thing. It is sometimes it's like, why am I fighting it? You know? Yeah. Um, and, and then it's still having those moments where you're uncomfortable, you're comfortable, you know, and like you said, I don't, I don't struggle with vitiligo myself. Um, there are some people that do struggle with, I think, feeling accepted into society because they look different. Well, the way I see it, society is going to look at you differently anyway, with or without vitiligo, you know, uh, this, this world is cruel, but we I do feel like as people, we suffer with different things, whether it's, you know, abuse or could be alcohol, could be different things, or sometimes we're depressed because of something that happens at work and other issues and other problems. You know, I often say, if I can't breathe at work because of my asthma, I'm not worried about vitiligo. That's the last thing I'm thinking about. You know, yep. I want to breathe. Yep. So, yeah, it's, it's just those things. And I'm not knocking treatments. I don't want our listeners to think that if somebody wants a treatment, I support them on that. Um, it is a gamble to a certain extent. Um, Opsilor is probably the best thing that's out there right now. It's working for some people. Some people is not. You know, if you can, uh, if you can afford it, eh, some people can't. You know, it's all these different things with it. So, when it comes to treatment, I'll tell you this: I don't think they'll ever find a cure. <laughs> oh, oh, you know, I hate. Okay, I know I'm sounding too cynical. Let 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 me clear that up for you. Oh, oh hold on. The community okay. just went. Oh no, oh, he said, what? yeah, exactly. just, yeah, yeah. I get it. So pessimistic. <laughs> this is my take on it, and you tell me if you had a similar experience. So, just to back up on that. Uh, so, when I got the when the spots came back, mm-hmm. and they came back with a vengeance, as I call it. It was at a time in my life that I was so stressed out. It was, at that point, little did I know, it was the most stressful time of my life at that point. Right. And it came back with a vengeance. And then I've noticed that whenever it spreads, it further spreads, I look back, okay, I was really going through something during that period of time. Right. And... So there's definitely, when we're talking about stress, there's definitely a mental component to it. And I'm being very careful. I'm not saying, when I say mental, I'm not saying imaginary. Right. (laughs) Obviously, it's not. But definitely, there's a trigger. Uh, Vitiligo is triggered, maybe not on everyone, but definitely on people that I've spoken to in my own experience, that is of a psychogenic um, origin. And the treatments that have been worked on, and I'm sure these doctors are 
have all the best intentions in the world. Like I'm Facebook friends with John Harris, for example. Right, right. Great guy. Everything is focused on the physical, which, okay, that's fine because it's physical spots on your skin. But I have yet to see even the question being asked on whether there's a I, no, there's no doubt in my mind that there's a, a psychological component to it. Right. But how can we address that aspect of it? That piece right. of the puzzle is not being looked at as far as I am aware. So that's why I said what I said. No, no. And I agree with you. It, it's the mental health aspect of it that I think affects us the most. Um, one doctor I went to, he was a city of Raleigh doctor and I worked for the city. And we sat and talked. He said, let's just have a conversation. And we didn't talk about my physical health. We talked about stress and what stress would do to the body. And he said, you know, how's your stress level? And at the time, I was going through a stressful situation. Mm -hmm. And he said, stress would do a lot of different things to the body. And that's why we tell people, try not to stress. They said, try not. You know, we, yeah. I mean, we live on this planet. We're going to be stressed. But it's how you handle these situations, you know. And that's what he talked about. He said, I can always give you the cream. But if you're not managing your stress properly, then you may have other health issues that pop up, not just vitiligo, but other things. But I do agree. I find when I'm in a severely stressful situation, I have more spots. Also, the physical aspect of being cut. Um, I'm, my listeners can't see it, but I've shown this before. Some of these are cuts from kids. And they have turned into vitiligo spots. So physically being, you know, cut or scratched or bruised can turn into spots. But I also think it is that mental psychological aspect that forces that spread. Um, when COVID hit, I was stressed. The world was stressed. I know a lot of us were stressed. What I started getting was confetti vitiligo, all these little spots all over my legs. I was stressed because I worked in the school system. We were working. Next thing you know, we're home. We don't know when we're coming back. Then they said, we're going to come back. I'm stressed because there was no guidance for those of us that work in special ed. So we were like, are we going to die on the job? What's going to happen? We don't know. So I started seeing all, I mean, they're just thousands of little spots. Now some are forming into bigger spots, but not as many. Um, so I, I, I do agree with you. It's that mental capacity. How are you handling the stress in your life that matters? You know, when you're stressed, what do you do to get through that? I feel like those are the tools that we need. The way I see it, like I've, I've been down all kinds of rabbit holes. And for me, one of the most important books I've ever read in my life is this one called The Mind-Body Prescription by Dr. Johnny Sarno. And basically, it's not even about vitiligo, but when I read it, I'm like, okay, this definitely has applies to the vitiligo and um basically for some people uh that and stress is it's a very if you go down the rabbit hole stress is a very general term right but just to keep it simple for the sake of conversation for some people it manifests into back pain it manifests right, right. into uh gi issues and the way that i see it for people like us it manifests into vitiligo absolutely and um when doctors are not even trained to think that way so that doctor that you had i, I think that that guy's golden or that person or, I don't know, male right. or female, golden 
because most actors don't even bother to ask you. Not even, hey, how are you feeling with this? How are you Absolutely. doing emotionally? Most of them don't even ask that question, let alone thinking as you how your mental state is contributing to your physical, uh, to what's going on in your physical body. So Absolutely. it's amazing. And and even, and I'm gonna fast forward, even to our support communities, you know, that's something we have to do more of, of asking people, how are you doing today? Not tomorrow, not next week. You know, I know there's a conference coming up, not about the conference, but how are you doing today? Because somebody could be going through a very stressful time and just need someone to reach out and ask that question. And that opens up an opportunity for that person to share or may not share, but it still opens up that channel. Um, and I know we, we're not licensed therapists and all that stuff, but sometimes we just need people to reach out to us, right. you know, really some of us, we just need somebody to just to give us a hug really. And that can take mm -hmm. some of that stress away. You know, we forget about that physical contact and for our community members who isolate themselves, I understand it. I, I did it for a little while, but you miss out on that human contact you know, just having those human conversations or just to be around another human being outside of you, whoever's in your house, you know, you got to interact with other people, whether it's coworkers or just the general public. It it matters, you know, um, no, no matter how afraid we are of what people think uh, we look like or think about us or what we think people are thinking, you know, sometimes we got to put that aside and just be around people. Right. That's true. Um, let, let me... Let me ask you this, Art, since I mentioned support communities, support groups, are you interacting with any support communities or groups? Strictly on Facebook. Facebook, uh, Facebook oh, groups. That's it. That, that's, that's been the extent of it for I, me. Not a problem. Um, I, I didn't join a community until 2019. I avoided it. Uh, Katrina could tell you she would give me a card or her nephew would give me a card. And I was like, thank you, but nah, I'm good. And, and I decided, let me, you know, let me be around other people because I don't see on my my everyday just living. I don't see people at Vitiligo. We have a lot of people here in Raleigh. I just don't see them. So, you know, I, I joined the community because they gave me a, an opportunity to actually see others, you know, with Vitiligo and to see how different it is. You know, um, I think we have this closed view of vitiligo like if it's not on your face you don't have vitiligo or if it's just centralized in one location you don't have vitiligo i've been told i don't have enough because they because you wow. can't see it on my face yeah i'm like wow. well i have it in the corner of my mouth my lips are you know discolored and spot here but guess what i have vitiligo <laughs> you know like that you don't have it have enough, I don't have as, enough. If, as if it is some kind of competition <laughs> right right you know it, and, that doesn't I, make sense to me it, it doesn't and i and i said this if i go to a doctor a dermatologist and they say hey you have vitiligo i don't care how much it is you, i still have vitiligo mm -hmm. and the one thing about it we don't know what it's going to do i could repigment tomorrow or lose more pigmentation tomorrow i don't know it's just going to do its own thing you know and that's the reality of it um let's talk about you you are an actor right let's talk about um how has vitiligo impacted your career not necessarily in a negative way because a lot of times we do speak negative things no in a positive way how has vitiligo impacted your career uh hmm. 
I knew I knew we were going to talk about this. Let, 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 let me give you two sides of that. Okay. You know, okay. Because you're saying um, not in a negative way, but I, I think it's important for people to see some of the reality of it. Yes. Both sides of it. Uh, but with that said, the first one I'm going to get into uh, doesn't matter. Okay. I'll clarify it. And, and, and you'll see why it doesn't matter. So, all right. So one day I woke up, I wanted to get into acting. I started taking a class and then I said, okay, you know what, since I'm doing this class, let me try to do extra work, you know, to be on a set, you know, and, right. and get that experience, be an extra. And all right. So, so the way it goes, you go to central casting and, there's a few other ones you sign up, they take your pictures, and then you um, you start online, you start every day, they start putting notices and you submit for them. Okay, so I am submitting, submitting, submitting for over a month, every day, month and a half. They finally got called in for the first one and it was a, it was a show that's no longer around and, and it was a, um, a hospital show. So I'm like, okay, awesome. Went on set. It was my first time on a real set. Principal actors <laughs> next to me. I'm on a gurney. Like, oh, you have a broken leg or something. You know, all right, cool. <laughs> and then I went on it for months again. You know, submitting, submitting, submitting. Maybe another two months. I get called in for a big crowd scene. You know, and then the same thing for months. Another hospital gig. And then I'm picking up a pattern. I'm like, mm. I think they're only calling me to play sick or <laughs> yeah, when right. I cannot even be seen, which again, it doesn't matter. Okay. Right. I'm, I'm going to repeat that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's extra. It's background. You're there for the experience and to, and to get a paycheck. All right. So this was the lowest moment. So just, just to, just to give you the example. So, I was on the, so because I wasn't getting enough work on my own like that, you know, as background, not that I, you know, just for that, they have these booking agencies that you pay mm -hmm. them like a monthly fee. Right. And in exchange, they book you and you don't have to do the whole submitting process and go yourself and knock yourself nuts. And you make, and you make your money back, you know, with the work that they get you. Uh, okay. So one day. Lady calls me, and tomorrow I have this featured extra uh, job for you, which if anybody doesn't know, feature extra is basically the extra that you clearly see on TV, that when you appear, all your friends or family are going to go, oh, there, there, there he is. is, you know, there he is, you know. <laughs> uh, so I was like, great, fantastic. So the whole scene was I was going to be an orderly at a hospital <laughs> <laughs> and it was myself and another guy. So we went the next day, get on set. Oh, yeah. Featured orderlies. Oh, yeah. Guys, come this way. Like a little bit of a VIP treatment. They're like, OK, <laughs> we're there. And then the PA calls me, calls us up. OK, guys, let's go on set. And sure enough, uh, they were portraying some military hospital that a politician got blown up overseas and and we was uh, and all we were going to do was wheel him through the lobby of what was supposed to be the hospital okay the guy comes in the principal actor someone you might recognize and really nice guy shakes everyone's hands 
So, okay, so we're ready. We practice. We do one run through. Okay. And we're standing there and we're waiting and we're waiting, waiting a little bit longer. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're just waiting. And that's typical on a set. You know, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. And then next thing you know, the, um, the PA that brought me to the set, he goes, hey, Gabe, can, can you come with me real quick? Ah, sure. You know, not thinking anything. So I'm walking with him. And as I'm walking with him, I look behind me and they bring another guy and they oh. put him right on that spot and they put me somewhere else that oh, completely man. off camera. And I'm like, oh my gosh. There we and go. it felt horrible. Again, it doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't <laughs> matter. All right. And it was, ah, uh, it's, it, it was terrible. So, so that was the lowest moment in which I believe it was the vitiligo, you know, I got there because when your background, basically you're supposed to blend it. They don't want anything sticking out because the focus is on the principal actors. Right. And, um, but it's still, it, it was still a, a terrible feeling. I, I will not deny that. So that was like, oh man, that was terrible. With that said, on the flip side, as, a, as an extra, I was in this Chris Rock uh, movie. Uh, I think it was called Top Five with Rosario Dawson. Okay. It was a, okay. It was an overnight shoot. Overnight shoot. And um, they were shooting on Union Square Park here in New York City. And, um, and, and it was myself and another guy. We're just passer, passerbys. And we would just pass right next to them. And they had this scene that they argue and then they kiss. They must have done that scene like 700 times. <laughs> Smart <laughs> you <know>? man. <laughs> you know? Anyways, at one point I'm standing there. Chris Rock is not even five feet away from me. And, you know, and we make eye contact. And he, Chris Rock just looked at me and he opened up his eyes and smiles. I go, but I go. <laughs> and fist bumps me. Oh, wow. And, and it was the coolest thing. It, it, I, I know you could, you know, your audience cannot see me, you know, right, really right. on it. But uh, to just to make it clear, it was a quick uh, thing of, hey, I know what that is, and it's cool. Glad you're here, Fistbuck. Right. It wow. was like that, and it was really cool. So I know I can only speak for myself, but I have no problem <laughs> saying Chris Rock is a friend of the community. That's cool. So, anyway. We'll get into something yeah, else yeah, yeah, yeah. later about um, Hollywood, but yeah. I, I like I like that story because sometimes we think people don't know what vitiligo is. There are some people who are very aware. They know what vitiligo is. They understand. They might even have people in their family with vitiligo or, you know, other people they know. We just don't know that. So, you know, there are people that accept us. There are some people that don't know. You just tell them, go Google, white patches on the skin, the LIGO pops up, it's there. But, you know, we can't force the whole world to do that. But I get it. Um, I'm glad you had that experience because not every experience is a bad one. You right. Know? Yeah, right. I, I work and, in the school that's why system. I, you know, yeah, I had to say it. All of it. Right. You know, all of right. It, yeah. Like I work with kids. I get all types of stuff, you know, um, they always, I guess they feel like they have to compliment me. I like your skin. And most, they've only seen my legs a few times because like today I wore shorts because it's field day. Oh, cool. I like the patterns on your legs. 
Okay, cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, and, and one of the things with kids, I'll tell them I have bio-enhanced camouflage. They're like, oh, what's that? I said, it's vitiligo. I can blend it with two different people. And I'll, you know, pretend they think I have superpowers and all this. I'm like, nah, I really don't. But I can pretend I can play around with that. You know, it's pretty cool. Why not? And sometimes I'll put my hands together and tell the kids I have a map. As if you look carefully, you can see the different islands and I can show you where the buried treasure is. For real? Like, no, no. But I mean, <laughs> you, you got to have fun with it, you know. I, and I know it takes time to get there for some people. Um, some of us have been there for quite some time. Some of us, it's a it's a level you have to reach where you're comfortable with your skin. You can laugh about the vitiligo. You can talk to others about it. You know, um, you could take some of the insensitive comments that some people might make. Uh, but not everybody's going to make comments. You know, some people are fascinated with it. They see it and they're just like, wow, that's so cool. And I, I've had I've had somebody say, I wish I had your skin. And I'm like, nah, you don't. Enjoy your skin because I have an autoimmune disease and all this other stuff going on. Ah, I'm good. You don't need all that, you know. Um, and I get where they're coming from, but nah, just just keep yours. My skin's <laughs> doing its own thing. No, and and it's fine. It's uh, I've had different experiences that I've seen firsthand with with much worse conditions than vitiligo, right. and and I'm like I'm happy with my vitiligo. I'm I, I yeah I'm cool with this. You know, because it's like not that I needed the perspective, but when I experienced them, I was like, okay, yeah, I, it, but okay, it could yeah. be a lot worse. Absolutely. You know, and and I can get into it if you want, but you know. Oh, but yeah. anyways, yeah. Oh my uh do you want me to get into that? I can get Yeah, let's it. let's get into it because um okay. I, I can share some stuff. Um I've met some people with different skin diseases, and I'm like, wow. Yeah, you're trying so, to live, and I'm just worried about my complexion and my color being gone, but you try to live your life without passing away because of whatever you know, whatever skin disease right. you're dealing with. I'm like, I'm okay. Exactly. I mean, really. So, so for me, the first time, so I used to work a lifetime ago, I used to work at Yankee Stadium. And um, my last season there was the, the year when the new stadium opened up. And um, we had this thing on the schedule. It was called Camp Sundown, that it was, it was going to happen after, after the game. And sure enough, towards the end of the game, I see this vans that are blacked out, completely blacked out, even the front windshield. Right. And they come in. It turns out there are these kids that are born with this condition. I think it's xeroderma pigmentosum, something mm, like something that. Something like that, yep. That um, basically they their skin has no ability to do any kind of re repair with UV damage. Right. So they cannot go out during the day. They're right. people of the night because um, they get enough sun and they will get third degree burns like right away. Right. And skin cancer right away and cataracts right away to the point that their average life expectancy for these people are in their 30s. Right. And when I saw that, you know, and these were kids. And so this organization, Camp Sundown, 
does a, a yearly summer camp for those kids where all their activities are at night, just like a regular sum, summer camp for, That's pretty cool. for normal children. But it was overnight. And that particular night, Yankee, the Yankees had invited them over to after the game to be on the field, spend time with the players. And they were there all night, you know, hugging up a, a PlayStation to the giant screen. And it was fascinating. And again, at that point, not that I needed it, but it gave me, if I needed some perspective on my vitiligo, right. that was, that's something to think back on. And Absolutely. It's like, wow. I'm, you know, so that's why I'm fine with it. it right, it, right. I'm fine. <laughs> you, know. you know, I went to the Coalition of Skin Diseases Heal Day um, last month. And, you know, sometimes we get in the mindset, it's just vitiligo. That's it. It's just us. Nobody else exists. But I met I met people with so many various skin diseases. And one lady in particular that was in my group, she shared that her skin, if not treated, can get as hard like a like a she said it was like a a suit of armor made out of sandpaper. Mm. I was like, wow. She wow. said, yeah, if it gets too hard, I can't bend my joints. That means I can't work. I can't walk. I can't do wow. anything. And I'm sitting there and. And her skin was was very much like sandpaper. You could see it and where it was peeling. And then I said, you know, that's humbling for me because I don't have to worry about that. If I don't get a, get the treatment or cream, I'm good. I can still live. You know, there was one lady that shared that um, with her condition, she bleeds a lot. So, like, if her skin breaks, she's bleeding everywhere. And it's like... We don't have to worry about that. Another lady had boils on her feet where she couldn't walk. She was in a wheelchair. I didn't know why she was in the wheelchair until she explained it um, at one of our debriefings later. Um, so, you know, all these different things people come with. Hyperpigmentation. You know, I, I've heard of it. I've seen it. Eh, no big deal. Until I learn more about it, that if it happens inside the body, then you run the risk of losing your life because it could affect your lungs, wow. your heart. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think about this. You know, it, things we don't think about because we don't know. And and it was very humbling to be around other people with various skin conditions or diseases. Um, it was an eye-opener for me. And I'm like, like you said, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm yeah. going to wear my shorts. I'm going to wear my short sleeve shirt. I'm going to go out to eat. I'm going to do these things because I can, you know, and I not going to worry about vitiligo because vitiligo has to live with me. It's going to do whatever I do. Right. Plain and simple. Good. Yeah. And you know? that's, that, that's how I always see it. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, w with that said, you know, I know people are listening to this. So right. with that said, I, that's been my experience. I, in no way, shape, or form do I invalidate or discount people that are not good with their vitamins. Absolutely. That, Absolutely. that have struggled with that. And, and that's been a learning experience for me as well, you know, that to find that, oh, people actually struggle with this. So that took yep. me many years. So that, just to say that, everyone has the right to feel and Absolutely. look at their vitiligo the way that they see it. And and it's to be respected, you know. Absolutely. So I'm just sharing my perspective on that. So absolutely. And and one of the things that people often say in the community, and I'm quick to say this, they tell you to love the skin you're in. And I would say for some people, yes. 
I don't love the fact that I have vitiligo, but I love who I am as a person. I love the things that make me me. I accept it that I have this condition and I'm going to live my life, but I don't have to love it. Like I often say, I never went to bed praying, hey, can you give me some vitiligo? You know, I just want to look different. I want to stand out. I want my skin to pigment and depigment and repigment and all these pigment things all at once. No, I, I just said, but I've learned to love who I am. You know, that's what's important. I, I love me. But I accept the fact that I have vitiligo and I'm living my life. That that's and like you said, that's your perspective, how you see things, and this is my perspective. But I understand there's some people that they love it. They love the fact they have vitiligo. And that's them. And there's some people that truly hate it, you know, with a passion, like they really hate it. And I get it and I understand it. And I'm trying to support all people, you know, um, those who struggle with it to the point that they isolate themselves. I still support them. You know, I'll reach out. How's it going? You're doing okay. Just to check in on them. And, and I was proud. I'm not going to say the gentleman's name to see a post on Facebook. They went to the movies. I was like, yes, you know, any step is a step, you know, that could be a big step for people now just to go to a movies. I know it's dark inside there, but you still got to be around people. Somebody might be sitting next to you, you know, it it, it is what it is. Um, You still got to get that popcorn and you got to reach for it. And somebody's looking like, what's wrong with their hands? You know, these are those steps we got (laughs) to take, whether it's a big step or a baby step, you know, um, and for, you know, people out there who are doing the modeling and all these different things, that's you. You know, the only thing I say about it is just make sure we're still reaching out to those who are not there. You mm-hmm. know, don't don't get so above everyone else that you can't see that there's somebody down here who needs you, you know, that let's right. reach it out to say, hey, I need your help. Um, let's talk about this real quick. We're going to get into some acting stuff. Um conversation what's your favorite genre you know when you you go to find a acting gig what what's your favorite type of movie or is it doesn't matter you just take anything no it doesn't matter to me uh as long as it's a good story (laughs) like i I love the story it doesn't it really i I can I, i can say this not my favorite in the sense of that i don't love it as a you know, look at it this way. As, a, as an actor, comedy is hard. For gotcha. me, comedy is really hard. That's the one thing I'll say. But I, I'll still take it on as a challenge. Gotcha, you know? gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I so. tell you, I would love to be in a in an action movie. I, I may have missed. No, I agree. Say, I, I, I'm, I'm too old. No, I'm not. If Harrison Ford is still out there doing Indiana Jones, hey, I can get out there and do something too. I, I want to be in a Star Wars movie. I mean, I don't want you to put me in a Stormtrooper outfit where you can't see me. You know, <laughs> Yeah, special guest actor Mark. He's in a Stormtrooper costume. And I have to point out which one I am. You know, the one in the corner, the one that fell. You know, no. Like, I really want and hope and pray at some point that vitiligo is normalized, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and TV and, and movies and children's programs, all that, you know. And to the point that we don't have to go, hey, this person has vitiligo. Do you know what that is? No, just that that's Mike. Hey, what's up, Mike? Or that's Jane. Hey, Jane. You know, they're just people. We're people. Yeah, that that I see it as the goal as well. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I I I bring this up often. I wa- I was watching a, one of the cop shows one day, and they did have a gentleman that had vitiligo. Um 
the issue I had with it, they sent him undercover. And I was like, wait a minute. If I was a police officer with a special unit, don't send me undercover. Because they're going to notice me as soon as I, you know, because his video like was very noticeable. And I'm like, hmm, was that smart writing? You know, it, it, I, I don't know, you know. I, I would need to watch it, but it, it could be because, um, you know, there's plainclothes police officers mm-hmm. who are not undercover. And undercover means nobody knows this person is a cop. Right. So, so that that's, they'll find out that this person is a cop at the trial and they're going to come and testify. So and then he could never um go go undercover again cuz they were like, yeah, that I know him. That's one of the spots, you know. But but that's <laughs> that's how it typically is for undercover works and and then if you use someone with Villalago, I, I mean, I don't know in your part of the uh, uh, of the country, but here in New York, yeah, I mean, you you probably wouldn't think that guy's a cop, that guy who has been like, right, you know, right, so. right. So but, I, I mean, I would need to see it to really right. compare. I, it. I wish but I could say it was one of those either Chicago PD or one of those right. many connected stories or Chicago Fire or whatever. And I, and I was just like, huh, I don't know if I want to take that assignment. But <laughs> like, did they use an actor with it like oh? My understanding, it wasn't actor. With, he, he did have vitiligo, but with okay. previous episodes, they said he was covering up. Interesting. Yeah, but then this particular episode, he didn't have on any makeup. Okay, so so there's somebody yeah. in our community who knows him. So I have to reach out to her, to, not not yeah, personally, definitely. but she knows who he is, so I can find out more information. Right, definitely, because I I wasn't even aware that there was. There's not yeah. many of us acting right. yeah. with vitiligo. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a a woman who she did the character for one of the I think Call of Duty games, and she has vitiligo. okay. And I had a lot okay. of friends sharing that screenshot. Hey, did you see this character? I, I saw it. Hey, Mark, did you see this? I I, I did. Course, I saw yeah. the character. Yeah, trust me, I saw it. <laughs> um, even with the Absolora commercial, um, the gentleman Omar, he was on my podcast not so long ago. My friends are like, hey, Mark, did you see? I, I saw the commercial. Yes. Yep. Hey, Mark, did you know there's a commercial? And I, I, I saw it. Yes. Yes. I know there's a bit of like a commercial. Yeah. Matter Is of fact, it... I'm, I'm at a sports bar and people look at me like, I'm like, yeah, I see the commercial. Yeah. Bit of like <laughs> well, the same thing among my actor, actor friends, you know, I see a posting, a casting notice looking for someone with vitiligo. Of course, I see it. Of course, you know, I look into it. And then, sure enough, like 10, 15 different friends will send them to me. Gabe, do you see this? Do you see this? I'm like, yep, I did. Yep. I did. <laughs> but, but I tell them, I did see it, but thank you. Keep sending it whenever you see something. Because there might be, one day there might be something I missed. Yeah, right. So absolutely. So, absolutely. And, absolutely. So that is part of the experience. Yeah. When yeah. you're the only friend. With bit of like, oh, they're noticed. Yep. How long have you been acting? All right, so I got into it in 2010. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, so I would say, yeah, that's when I started. So I was 30 years old at that okay. point, you know. And, um, yeah, oh, okay, so with that, I can get into the other side that matters. Okay. You know, <laughs> okay, so woke up one day, want to be an actor, and thought about it. Not that I want to, uh, let me try this thing. So I took a class. And, um, 
at the school that I signed up at the time, it was one of these small schools that was around forever in New York, over 50 years. Their niche was to take theater actors and already trained actors and teach them technique for commercials okay. and stuff like that. And, and then they expanded and, and they had some beginner classes for TV and film. And that's what I signed up for. At the beginning of it, probably, yeah, a few weeks into it. So I went to the owner of the school and we, we sat down and we talked and, and I told her, and I love this lady. Um, I, I told her, listen, I have this thing on my face and whatnot. I'm not even sure that I want to pursue this career. I, you know, it's just something that I thought maybe I should give it a shot. It's been on the back of my head. What are my odds? Cause I don't want to waste time. I don't right. want to waste money because it's a lot of money that's another yeah. aspect that people don't realize <laughs> um and she said okay look for commercials now mind you this was 2010 uh for commercials i don't see it not a chance okay no way you know and um so i'm letting you know okay now film and tv 20 30 years ago i probably would have said the same thing about commercials but these days, you never know. Right. If this is something you are interested in, try it and see how it goes for you. And I took her at her word, and I'm like, okay, I'll I'll give it a shot. Finished the class, and um, and that's when I said, okay, it was time to get headshots. The first step is you got to get headshots. I'm a photographer, get headshots, and that's. That was the first time that I needed to figure out, ooh, my uh, spots on my face. What do I do with them? Right. Do I right. cover them up or do I or do I just show them? And for me, I never covered up my spots on my regular day-to-day -day life. I never wore makeup. That was not my thing. And but uh, on one side, it probably would have helped me if I cover up my spots. But then I said, you know what? No. It, it, it's this is what I got. Take it or leave it. Right. And um, because what happens is the way that you look in your headshots, that's the person they expect to come in the door. If I were to cover them up uh, on my headshots, then that means if I get called in for an audition, I have to run and put on makeup mm. and look like my headshot to walk in the door. And I'm right. like, that's too much of a pain. I'm not. I'm not putting myself through that. No, no. So, okay, so I did that and talked to the photographer and the makeup artist and what I do with um, every time I go for a, a headshot session is, I, you know, I tell them, listen, the my spots, I don't want to highlight them, but I don't want to hide them either. They right. have to be there. They have to be clearly there. And, and it's just as part of me. And that's what we've done ever since. All right, so fast forward a little bit and... I started putting, started submitting myself to gigs. And next thing I know, I started getting called up for auditions. And okay, so first day that I had auditions, it was two auditions, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Went to my first one, I bombed it. It was horrible, <laughs> horrible, it, it was the worst. Second one, I thought I did pretty good. But then fast forward, I get the email, that first one that I bombed, they they gave me a part, not oh, what wow. I auditioned wow. for, but they gave me a part. I'm like, okay, cool. 
And then I kept going and kept going. And sometimes I would, um, I would see these casting notices and they would describe me to a T without the vitiligo. Hispanic guy, uh, early 30s, uh, you know, chubby, <laughs> this and that. And, and I'm like, this is me. I, of course, it's me. I, I'm going to go in. And then I go in and literally there's like 20 to 30 guys who fit the description. <laughs> I'm like, great. But then I will, I go in, I do my audition, come back out. Next day I get the email. I'm the one who gets the part. Oh, wow. Cool. So, and then I saw the pattern, that same pattern happen over and over again. And I, I remember keeping track of this. And I remember that year, I probably submitted around 600 and 30 something times, definitely more than 625, less than 650. Out of this, let's say, let's round it up to 630. Out of those 630, I got 24 auditions. Of those 24 auditions in that year, I booked 11, which wow. is insanely high. People don't realize that's really high, you know? Wow. So that's why I said the other stuff doesn't matter. Because right. what matters is me getting a role and I was booking and I, you know, and, and so my take, my take on it is vitiligo either didn't hinder me or it actually gave me a leg up. Right. Right. And there's no way to know because one thing that you don't do unless you become really best friends with the people who give you the role is you never go, Hey, why did you pick me? Kind of thing. You, you don't do right. that. that. That's <laughs> like, that's like revealing all your insecurities kind of thing. That's like, you know, dating someone and asking, why do you like me? Kind of thing. Yeah. Right, you don't, right. you don't really do that unless until you have a solid relationship. So that's my take on it. You know, vitiligo either. It didn't hinder me from my point of view. And, and yeah, so, and it's been that way, you know, now as far as my acting, so that happened, but then life gets in the way. Right. I needed to get a full-time job and, and it was all about figuring out how to get back into acting and how to survive right, living in right. New York, <laughs> you know, and pursue your acting career. That's why, you know, most actors, the cliche is most actors work at a restaurant, you know, <laughs> because it's, it gives them some flexibility. Right. Then when I got... Uh, I figure out to have some jobs that give me flexibility. Then I said, you know what? I need training. So I just, I did a two year conservatory program and I did that. And then I finished that. And then after that, that's okay. Let's get back into it. But then by that point, I had a, another personal uh, thing going on, which was, I was massively overweight, obese, you know, really. See, I struggled with my obesity. My obesity affected me. Right. Way more than vitiligo ever did. Right. You know, right. and so it was like, okay, I want to drop the weight. Now, do you have to drop the weight to pursue an acting career? No, you can still go for it. But it was a me thing. I right, right, didn't right. like how I felt, didn't like how I, I saw myself. So then that took me a few years to figure out. And then pandemic hit. And then now I'm where I'm at, where I'm. I'm taking those baby steps to get back into it now. So that's yeah, cool. You know, that's, that's cool. You know, but, but with that said, to wrap it all up, it's basically vitiligo. The, I, in my view, did not 
hindered me at all. The, right. You know, the um, the one gig. So when I started, I wasn't sure this was something I wanted to pursue. And then I booked my first play. And that's when I, I, I fell in love with the whole thing. It was cool. lights came on for the first time and it was, I'm on, I'm walking a tightrope. You see there, <laughs> I'm either going to nail this or I'm going to fall and go crash down in flames. <laughs> and I love that feeling of it. And it was fantastic. And that one, now that I remember, it was a large cast. It was maybe 15 to 20 people. Right. They auditioned over 300 people. Wow. For that cast. And I was one of the guys who got picked. You know, wow. and Vitiligo and all. Right. So, Absolutely. So and, that's why it, it never really right. bothered me like that. It's like, yeah, I'll embrace it. And, you know, one of the things I often say is that Vitiligo doesn't stop us. We do. Mm, we stop ourselves, yeah, yeah, you know, that's a good one. And, and there are opportunities I miss because of my insecurity, like, oh, it's my vitiligo. And I've had co-workers say, Mark, we don't pay attention to your vitiligo. It's you. It's who you are as a person. And I had to see that. And I had a friend tell me, you know, make sure, you know, people value you and all that stuff. And, you know, just I, I think feel like life lessons that I needed to hear. Because sometimes we do get stuck on vitiligo. And it's like, forget vitiligo. Just live your life. Do the things you need to do. Vitiligo is going to be there. There's no cure right now. Or maybe there'll be a cure in the future. We don't know. We don't know. But live your life for today, you know, and figure out what's going to happen next for tomorrow. Because whatever's in the past is in the past. You can't go back to that. But vitiligo is with you. What you going to do with it, you know? Okay. That's the way I see it. Now, and, and, ju and just really quick, just to yes. tie back up what I said, you know, you remember uh, that I said this was 2010 and she told me uh, commercials, no way kind of thing. Now, if you have a LIGO and you and there's a commercial, chances are you might get the role. Absolutely. You know, things change. And and that's not saying that she was wrong at the time. She was completely right. 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 At the time, you you couldn't even see a biracial couple on right, uh, on commercials. Right. So so my whole point of coming back to it is if anyone listening out there who has vitiligo and is considering putting themselves into the acting thing, I say go for it. If that's what you want to pursue, just be ready that the acting life is a struggle <laughs> in and of right. itself. I call myself a struggling actor emphasis on the struggling part of it <laughs> but it has nothing to do with the vitiligo vitiligo right. is not going to be an issue because you know another thing the creative artistic community is the most inclusive group of people i've ever met in my life absolutely. and that's another aspect of it so absolutely yeah. so now that we're on this topic here, here's the hot topic for the moment um <laughs> Most of us in the community, if not all of us, have seen the picture of Jamie Foxx um, portraying this character in God is a Bullet, which is a new movie coming out. Um, he's not even, he's not the major character. He's playing a, um, a supporting cast role. But the emphasis, if you notice, when they did the still was on Jamie Foxx's vitiligo or the character he's playing with vitiligo. Put it that way. Jamie Foxx does not have vitiligo. Um, so gosh, <laughs> I 
So the community was very upset. You know, I, I've seen it all. I've heard it all. I've seen different views. Um, my viewpoint on it was I was okay with it. You know, I never got upset because I said maybe this is an opportunity for us to really educate the general public about vitiligo, what it is and what it isn't um, on a larger scale. Because right now we do it through our communities, we do it through social media, but maybe this movie will open up some dialogue. And I'm curious as to what Jamie Foxx may say um, in his press releases about vitiligo, because I'm sure it's going to come up. You're portraying the person with vitiligo, you know, tell us more about it. Let's see what he knows. I really don't know what he knows. Uh, he may know somebody, who knows? But one of the questions came up was about the the way the vitiligo looked. And my take on it is that I've met many people with vitiligo and all of us look very different. Our spots are different. Uh, skin tones are different. I feel like my vitiligo has very rough edges around it. I've seen some people who have very smooth edges on their vitiligo. I've seen the vitiligo with the pure white undertone. I've seen the milky looking. And I have a reddish undertone on mine, although it's white. But if you look at it up close, it's reddish and all that stuff. So it's different for every person. So I was just kind of like, oh, it doesn't bother me. I'll wait till the movie comes out if I decide to go see it. What were your thoughts? Your first thought and afterthought. And um, yeah, yeah, let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, my knee-jerk reaction is automatically drilling man they couldn't find an actor with vitiligo to play it that's my knee-jerk reaction that's my right, initial right. Uh, thought it's like you know and but then right away because it's jamie fox this time around i knew that there was going to be a lot of controversy right because we had seen that once before with um rapper ti right and at that point, I that time I didn't. It was the first time that I, I'm aware of, and I didn't know what to think. And I just saw the reaction of the community, and like half the people were like completely gone ballistic yeah. on it. And um, so I knew that with Jamie Fox, this thing, okay, here we go again. Yeah, right. Um, so that's my. That was my knee-jerk reaction as, as someone with vitiligo, a regular person. As an actor, I'm really conflicted because then, you know, hey, you know, one day, what? One of my favorite actors, I, I, I cannot say I have one favorite, but one of my favorite actors, Gary Oldman. Mm -hmm. Gary yes. Oldman is a transformational guy. Almost every time you see him in a movie, it's a complete different person. Right. And I idolize actors like that. That's like a goal to be able to have a career full of things like that. So I see myself, well, if I ever have to cover up my spots for uh, his historical figure, in his case, he did Winston Churchill. You know, well, you know, some historical figure that, you know, chances are they're not going to have vitiligo right. and. How can I tell someone, you know, not to put on spa, not to put on makeup to play someone with vitiligo if I'm willing to do the same thing, right? You know, for or the equivalent of the same thing. And so it's it's a struggle, and 
so so that's so after that i'm like okay i cannot be upset about it because because i have that conflict funny enough yesterday i was talking to a good friend of mine and she was telling me you know she's asian and she brought up emma stone mm. and oh man I, I i even looked up the actress she mentioned uh, there's an, another white actress that plays someone from tibet Right, and right. there was backlash because of it. And and she was like, and rightfully so, because there are plenty of Asian actors who could play those. And and the and the whole outrage that happens in the artistic communities is because, you know, the um the minorities, the people who are in, in these categories who could who will who would by default play these roles don't have those opportunities as the larger majority of people. So she was telling me, you would be fine, you know, putting on a makeup and, and, and playing a role because you don't have the same opportunities as someone like Jimmy Fox or another perhaps uh, black actor that plays a, a whole bunch of different roles. But, you know, so you go back and forth on it because that's on the assumption that I don't get many roles, but my experience, I thought I've done pretty well with the right. auditions that I've had. So you see, so there's that struggle. And, right, and, right. and, 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 and by the way, her, her, her stance was like, I have nothing against Emma Stone and this lady. Cause as an actor, you take the job that you get fine. It's right. just, it falls on the producers. It falls right, on right. them. So it, it, it's tough. And so, I have another friend who told me, well, imagine, you know, if the character had Down syndrome, right. imagine the backlash that would happen if you have a, not, a someone without Down syndrome. And that's a fair point as well. So, you know, so I, it's, it's a tough one. And I think that's the reason why Lee Thomas just dropped the news and he didn't, and, give and didn't say a word. Yep. He didn't say anything. He's like, ah, I'm struggling. Here we go. You got to say it. And, and I just, I guess from my point of view, I hope that when he, well, when the writer strike ends, that he can go on the late night shows and talk about it, that he'll actually talk about vitiligo. And I'm hoping that, you know, or one of the hosts actually ask about his character. Who, you know, tell us about the character. Uh, why does the character have white spots? And tell us what it is. Because I'm curious to know what he knows. He may never speak about vitiligo. I don't know, because mm -hmm. maybe that's not the big point of this character. You know, it's just something and, he and character I hope, has. And, and, and I hope that that's what they go for. Now, the thing with Jamie Foxx, though, he just had a health care and there's all right. kinds of rumors. We don't really know for sure what happened. So that's probably the last thing on his list. You know, I, 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 you know, I just hope he's health wise. He's doing better. Right. Right. And, you know, because that's going to be, he, he's struggling with something. We don't know for sure what it Absolutely. is. Now with, it, yeah. with the TI movie, um, Cutthroat City was the name of the movie. His makeup was so horrible that it just looked yeah. like they put white out on him and just say, go with it. <laughs> that that was the big part. Now, I, I got into this with somebody, not, not in a bad way, but we were talking about vitiligo representation. If you are someone with vitiligo and you're acting, you take a character, um, that character might have some bad qualities. Maybe that character has done some shady things. Well, guess what? 
people in our community are like that. We have good people. We have bad people because we're people. We have people that make great decisions, people that make poor decisions. You know, just because we have vitiligo doesn't make us above being human. You know, we we have we come with all the different qualities that everybody else has. You know, you got some people that are hitting the bottle hard. You got some people who um, they're very religious. You got some people that are not religious at all. So within our community, we have everything that all the other communities have, you know. Um, so like T.I.'s character, some people were upset that he played the bad guy. Yeah, okay. but that was just because he had vitiligo and he played the bad guy. But no, uh, that had nothing to do with it. That was the character he played. Did he have to have vitiligo? No, he didn't, but that's what they put on him. Okay, he had vitiligo. But I'm sure somebody in our community knows somebody with vitiligo that acts just like that character. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, because we're people. Yeah, I I never got around to watching that movie. Don't watch it. Don't waste your time. uh, Yeah, I figured. You know, but but yeah, so my hope is that this Jamie Foxx movie, this God is a Bullet, that they don't bring up Vitiligo at all. Right. And if it is a bad guy, I'll take it. I mean, bad characters are fun to play. Right, right. You know. Uh, and what you just said hits the nail on the head. We're just people. There are yeah. good people who really like it. There are bad people. Bad people, like right? It. You know, and <laughs> it's fine. I get it. Those people, I, I would imagine that those people who who get upset over that, they're thinking about the larger message and the larger context. My take on that is like, look, when I'm walking around most days, I'm not even thinking about vitiligo the, right i mainly think about vitiligo basically when i go on facebook yeah you know, and 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 yes. i'm in the facebook groups that's it i'm not talking to people about it right. people are most days people are not talking to me about it sure if somebody approaches me wants to talk about it sure let's do it Let, let's have a conversation right. let's talk and, and whatnot uh you know, I've had my moments when you have the idiots that approach me and they go, oh, uh, there's a cure for that. Ooh, right. I, they, yeah. they, I make them regret that. Um, yeah, I can't help it. Um, last time I went overboard and it, I felt embarrassed with myself. That was one of those times. But anyways, so most days. I'm just another guy walking down the street with vitiligo, and most people might see me. Oh, okay, that guy. Right. Who knows? I don't know what they think, and and that's what I hope happens with either actors playing vitiligo or characters with vitiligo. That it doesn't have to be about vitiligo. Right. They're just there living their lives. You know? Absolutely. That's, that's why you know. I remember a bunch of years ago, uh, Winnie Harlow was on. Yes. Uh, what was on a late night show and on Facebook online, a lot of people were really bothered by the fact that she went the entire show without talking about vitiligo. And I'm like, you don't have to, why exactly? You don't have to. And <laughs> the best thing to do to bring awareness is someone like her, just living her life, you yeah. know, free spirit, doing her thing, living her life. And that normalizes it more yes. than anything else. That, right. that, Absolutely. That, that's my, I, I like that. that. Um, that's why I call it the show Living Life and Love. Live your life. That's it. You know, yeah. like when I'm at work, 
I don't think about vitiligo either. When I get that call in the walkie-talkie, hey, we need you down in 313 or 204, I'm not thinking about, uh-oh, this child's going to see my skin. No, I'm trying to figure out what happened and how can we fix it or whatever's going on. I, I don't think about it. Um, and some days, and this may, say, may sound crazy to some of the community, and it's okay if it sounds weird to you. Like you said, don't think about it. I don't even... I don't, I'm not reminded that I have vitiligo. If I'm going to work, I'm just driving. If I'm going to Target or wherever, I'm just going to shop. You know, if I go get ice cream, I'm going to get ice cream. I'm not going there to go, ooh, people are going to notice my skin. No. You know, there are times I forget about it. I know it's there. I see it. But I don't have to go, ooh, there's my vitiligo on my hands or my face. You know, I just go. You know, if I'm going to the movies, I'm going to the movies. Last thing I'm thinking about is vitiligo, I'm going to go see Fast X. I want to see some cars do some amazing, weird stuff that cars really can't do. You know, that's <laughs> I'm doing stuff that I want to do, you know? Um, so that that's just my spill on it. Um, and, uh, and thank you for sharing your perspective on it. Um, hopefully our listeners or somebody out there is listening can, can, t- can take a step back and go, ah, I see. We're just people. We are people. Yeah. You know, that's what it boils down to. We are all people on this planet. Our skin just stands out. That's it. We have that's different skin. Much. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And it, the way I see it, it, you know, could be a lot worse. Right, right, and, right. And, you know, it, and and when I've seen how worse it can be, it's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm uh, right. Perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, so... And that's it. I'm just living. I'm just another guy living my life, and and we move on. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Gabriel, Gabriel, thank you for coming on the podcast. This has been a great conversation. Right. Um, we're. I don't want to go too too far in because I know you got things to do. I got things to do, and just always trying to honor people's time. Can you? This has been a great conversation. So I first of all thank you for coming on. But but we're not done yet. I always ask okay. my listeners. Uh, my guest to leave our listeners with some words of encouragement. So if you'll go ahead and do that, then I'll wrap things up for us. The only thing I can say is, and I know it's not easy because I struggle with this and not because of vitiligo, but I have is figure it out. Try to love yourself. And how does loving yourself look like to you? You get to define that for you absolutely but just love yourself and i to me that's an ongoing battle you know i i want to say it i want to feel it i want to have it deeply in my core sometimes it's not there and but i work on it and i try to work on it and and there are days that i forget to work on it and then i'm down a diff in a different mindset but Absolutely. at some point, bring it back to, that's right. I got to find a way to love myself as hard as it may be. And that's the only thing. Because otherwise, you know, you're stuck living with, with yourself. That's <laughs> right. it. There's, there's nothing else. <laughs> I don't know. Absolutely. No, no. I, I appreciate that message. And as well as the listeners, um, that's kind of funny because it falls into how I always close my show. So before we get there. Gabriel, thank you for coming on. I greatly appreciate it. And um, look forward to seeing you somewhere 
else in Hollywood besides, you know, in the hospital room and all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as an extra, you're not, you don't see me anyway. So but not that I pursue it as an extra, trust me. <laughs> but but we're going to see you one day. We're going to see you out there. Jamie Foxx is going to say, you know what? I don't want to play this role anymore. I'm going to give it up to my brother over here. That actually has been a lie goal. So we're going to do it that way. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take absolutely. It. Absolutely. You, You're welcome. And for our listeners, I thank you as always for tuning in. This has been a great conversation. Just remember, uh, I always talk about love. You know, at the end of my shows, you know, as we live in our lives, you have to love the people around you, whether it's family, friends, whether it's your colleagues, um, your, your significant other. Sometimes you got to love the, your enemy. I know it's hard, but they need love too. But you can love them from a distance, but still, they need love. And even sometimes people we know that are close to us, we got to love them from a distance. It's just how it is. But look in the mirror and tell the person that you're looking at, I love you, because we don't do enough of it. And just remember, vitiligo is not contagious. Love is. You've been listening to Living Life and Love. Y'all take care. Bless you guys. Thank you for tuning into Living Life and Love with your host, Mark Braxton for Raleigh, North Carolina. BitFriends podcast can be listened to on Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and on Facebook. Once again, BitFriends podcasts are sponsored by my Vitiligo team.